I had the violent habit of wanting to be loved by a woman. Uh-huh. Now I have to confess to my sins. And St. Augustine's confessions, I will have to confess along with the reading. <laughs> Here we have book eight. I'm in book eight, 6.15 of the new translation which uh, is a vibrant translation of Augustine's masterpiece and livens the bewildering world of late antiquity for new generations. Uh, with uh, Peter Constantine. From there, his discourse moved to the communities of monks in the monasteries and their way of life that is a sweet aroma to you and the deserts of the hermits about which uh, we knew nothing. It's like I know nothing about the life of the sweet aroma of the monks in the desert. Uh, mm-hmm. But I did go to a monastery on the, in the Greece. Uh-huh. Deserts of the monks of which we knew nothing. There was even a monastery in Milan outside the city walls of which we had not heard that was full of good brothers and under the care of Ambrose. Pontitianus spoke with fervor and at length, and we listened with intent silence. He told us how one afternoon in Trier, when the emperor was at the circus arena, Pontitianus and three companions had gone for a stroll in the gardens by the city walls where they walked in pairs, one companion walking with him and the other two on their own. And As the other walked, they came upon an abode in which some of your servants were living, humble in spirit, to whom the kingdom of heaven belongs. And there they found a book that described the life of St. Anthony. Ha, ha, ha. Kingdom of Heaven belongs. So, it's like if you read this book, you could go there. Mm-hmm. Matthew 5 3. Mm-hmm. I need some more coffee. Moss Cafe. I'm going to get up. I'll get up. Oh, tea. Make a tea. Okay, the tea is ready. El tea? Okay. Muchas gracias. Muchas gracias. I put some oat milk huh, or almond milk. Huh. Oh, having such a fine woman. Alto. Hmm. The kingdom of heaven belongs, and there they found a book. Basically, the kingdom of heaven is like finding a book, a good book. Finding a good book, like this one, is like the kingdom of heaven. And there they found a book that described the life of St. Anthony. One of the two men had begun to read it. And filled with and excitement as they read, he began to consider taking up such a life, giving up his worldly post in order to serve you. Oh, 
You can serve him by and don't have to give up your post. It's a matter of time management. I keep saying that spirituality is just time management. You don't have to go to a monastery to have it forced upon you. A monastery is like fascism and spirituality. Look, man, I'm on TV, YouTube. Uh, look, look, mom. That's Tony. I'm looking at this guy. Uh, look, mom, I'm on TV. Uh, it says here, uh, this guy is on the outside of Oatly, oat milk, it says. Look, mom, I'm on TV. In case you don't recognize me, him, that's Tony Peterson's cute face inside the TV. He's our CEO, and to be fair, a really great guy, and interesting and a visionary. Maybe he never went into the monastery and he started oatly milk, and maybe he can meditate. Which is why we have made a series of short films with him. Of course, Tony never wanted to be on TV. In fact, he thought it was a terrible idea. Unfortunately, though, he is a great listener, and in the end, agreed to sacrifice his private life for all of you. For that, we say thank you, Tony. No matter what happens, your mom will always love you. <laughs> That's what it says on the outside of my oat milk. <laughs> Oatly, the original Oatly oat milk, 100% vegan. And then the boring side is, shows what's in it. You see? <laughs> it's not. Uh, it has B12. That's good. B12? Okay. Here's what we believe. Most companies think having a strong opinion means scaring away customers who think differently. We think it's a good way to make some good new friends. For the record, we believe we should eat stuff we can grow instead of growing stuff to feed animals and then eat them. Everybody, regardless of spiritual beliefs, country, country, birth, country, race, gender, sexual orientation, or color of their nail polish is of equal worth. You're Gophis? I know you're Gophis, dear. I know the word Gophis. Where's the Gophis? Don't they Gophis? Try your coats. Try your ropa. Try ropa. Ropa? Ropa. In ropa? I don't know. No, maybe, maybe it's in Cairo. In, in, uh, in Kochi? No, si yo las tenía noche. Noche? All right, sweetie, I'll look for it. The reckless pursuit? She's looking for her glasses or gaffas. And regardless of the color, race, gender, sexual orientation, color, the nail polish, it is equal worth the re re reckless pursuit of promise without any consideration for the well-being of the planet and the humans that live in here, which should be considered a crime. Countries, uh, companies have as much responsibility as politicians for building a society that the rest of the world can admire. Bigfoot, the legendary Sakwash, is real. Okay. Okay, that, that last one has nothing to do with Oatly and is just the personal belief of the guy writing this. But apologies, this package is not a place for personal reflection. Wow, this is crazy stuff on a milk product. Huh? But that's okay. Uh -huh. Really? I'll take it later, picture.
I like it. Me gusta. He likes it. <laughs> That's a interesting little side with my coffee. Because this is red during coffee hour. And it's affected by what milk I put in the coffee. Politically and economically and socially and spiritually. Mm -hmm. Okay. The two men began to read it, and filled with admiration and excitement as he read, he began to consider taking up such a life, giving up this worldly post in order to serve you. The two men were imperial administrators, and the man reading the book was suddenly filled with holy love and sober shame. And angry at himself, he looked at his friend and said, quote, Tell me, I beg you, what will we achieve with all our work? What are we seeking? What is the reason for our service? Can we hope for anything more in the imperial court than to be a friend of the, to the emperor? And is that not a dangerous place to be, probably? Filled with peril, and then there are the perils we have to weather in order to reach that greater peril, and when would we finally reach it? Yet if I want to be a friend to God, I can be a friend to him right away. Uh-huh. Yeah. You could be a friend to God right away, and you don't have to be. Try to be a friend to the emperor. He spoke these words in anguish, and with the birth pangs of a new life, he looked back down at the page and read on, and was changed deep inside, where only you can see. His mind was stripped of the world. <sighs> My mind, in a way. I'm not sure it's completely stripped of the world. I do strip it, but... I claim to be detached, but not in a lot of ways. It's not completely detached. Uh, wow. What does he desire now in the world? His mind was stripped of the world. Well, he desires uh, certain things like a new telephone, telephone, an iPhone. That's better than this one because this one's. A battery is horrible. You can see his mind was stripped of the world as a soon to become clear, for as he read his heart was tossed about by a great surge. He raged for a while, but then saw with clarity what way he must choose and choose the better way. And having become yours, he said to his friends, I have now broken away from our ambitions and are determined to serve God, and I will begin to do so from this moment on. So, Carl, so you should accept from this moment on. You have to come before the public and confess your faith to Jesus Christ from this moment on. And in this very place, right now, or uh, you're going to be embarrassed. <laughs> I will begin to do so from this moment on and in this very place. If you will not do as I do, at least do not oppose me. His companion, uh, companion replied that he would stay at his side in order to serve such a glorious cause. Both men were now yours and began to build the tower at the fitting price of forsaking everything they had and following you. Hmm. Yeah, you could. It's a good book for a Christian in a way. <laughs> or for anybody. Luke fourteen twenty eight.
Quote, for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. New King James Bible, Luke 14:28. Then Pontitianus and his companion, who had been strolling in other parts of the garden, came looking for them and proposed that they all return, since the day was drawing to a close. But the two companions told them their desire and intention and how their proclivity had risen and grown strong within them, begging that if they would not join them, they should at least not injure them. Pontianus told us that he and his companion did not change their former way of life, but they did weep for themselves. <laughs> if you're not going to join, you could at least weep for yourself, for yourselves, and piously congratulated the other two, and commending themselves to their prayers, so their hearts still firmly bound to this world, they returned to the palace, while the other two, fixing their hearts on heaven, remained in the abode. Both these men had promised brides, who also dedicated their virginity to you when they heard of their resolution. Wow. Mm -hmm. uh. I don't have any virginity to dedicate, so that's why I have to confess to my sins. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lapa. You found it? Okay. Someday, well... We'll reach Epiphany of Espanol in Espanol to join the cause in Espanol. Okay. You're going to become a missionary of Satmat in Colombia. Uh -huh. You should know Spanish, at least with the Colombian accent. Uh -huh. You're going to Cali. For the largest number of Satmatis uh, in the Western world are in Colombia. The largest number outside of India. Make a herd of the resolution. This was the story that Pontianus told, but while he was speaking, you, Lord, made me turn and look at myself, coaxing me out from behind my own back to where I had retreated, unwilling to look at myself. Jeez. It's like I don't look at myself and... Look at myself. You placed me before my face so that I could see how ugly I was and how deformed and vile, blistered and ulcerous. I looked and was horrified, but could find no place to flee from myself. And though whenever I sought to turn my gaze away from myself, Pontitianus was continuing his story, and you again placed me before myself and thrust me before my eyes so that I would encounter my iniquity and hate it. Hmm. 
hate my iniquity. I had known this, but denied it, pushing it away and forgetting it. <laughs> oh, wow. Hmm. Do you find your gaffas? Tiene, tiene las gafas, las gafas? Si ya, ya. Si ya. Ya, ya. Ya, ya. Ya, ya. Ya, But now, the more ardently I revered uh, these young men about whom exalted state I was hearing, giving themselves wholly to you to be cured, the more adherence and execration I felt for myself when I compared myself to them. Many years of my life had passed since my 19th birthday, some 12 years. When I had read Cicero's Hortensius, that's the answer. Cicero's Hortensius was stirred to an earnest love of wisdom and was stirred to an earnest love of wisdom. When was I stirred? I was stirred quite early to an earnest love of wisdom. Actually, uh, I was interested at as slow as uh, well, maybe 18. But I read a lot of books even as a teenager. Mm -hmm. The library was the most important thing besides the piano. But I still deferred. I learned the most just from Beethoven playing Beethoven sonatas. What? The M. The, the knowledge you get between the lines of the notes uh, in the Beethoven sonatas. Uh -huh. uh -huh. And I was stirred to an earnest love of wisdom, but I still deferred renouncing worldly happiness and freeing myself to search for that of which not the finding, but the mere seeking was preferable to all the treasures. And See, I was obsessed with the seeking. and. Preferable to all the treasures and kingdoms of mankind and to the pleasures of the body that were available all around me. <coughs> pleasures of the body. <coughs> and of which I could have my will, but I had been a wretched young man, most wrecked at the very beginning of my youth when I had prayed to you for chastity saying, grant me chastity and continence, only not yet. <laughs> See, I was the same way I wanted it, but not quite yet. Grant me chastity and continence, only not yet. For I feared least you might hear me too soon and too soon, heal me of the disease of lust, which I preferred to satisfy. <laughs> I like to satisfy it, like time to time. <laughs> I prefer to be chest most of the time. Uh -huh. And then nine, 29 days, uh, well, most of the year, I'm chest. But, but I prefer to satisfy rather than to be extinguished. And I had walked along crooked paths in a sacrilegious superstition, not because I was certain of its truth, but prefer because I preferred to the Christian doctrine 
I preferred it to the Christian doctrine, which I did not study with piety, but attacked with enmity. Um, I'll say, grant me chastity and countenance, only not quite yet, maybe tomorrow. Um, but then if you keep saying that, what'll happen? Huh? There's got to be some um, moderation. Huh? What is it? Huh? What's the matter? Huh? Gapas. Oh, I'll help you. I'm going to stop. And I haven't acquired it. Well, I did acquire chastity and countenance. So. Most of the time. <laughs> the question is whether you should have absolute chastity or just par or um, 99% or 95, 99%. Or, well, Augustine says, grant me chastity and continence only, not yet. <laughs> In other words, you could have some fun and then, and then later on. Have, have complete celibacy. He says to read the section here, which uh, he's talking about the pleasures of the body that were available all around me and which I could have at will, but I had been a wretched young man. He's talking about a young man, most wretched, at the very beginning of my youth when I had prayed to you for chastity, saying, grant me chastity and continence, only not yet. I mean, that's for a young man. He's not talking about now. He's talking about a young man of 21, of 25. So it's very difficult to be an absolute celibate at 25. For I fear the least you might hear me too soon, and too soon heal me of the disease of lust which I prefer to satisfy rather than to have extinguished, and I had walked along crooked paths in the sacrilegious superstition, not because I was certain of its truth, but because I preferred it to the Christian doctrine, which I did not study with piety, but attacked with enmity, 7.18. I had thought that the reason I had postponed from day to day rejecting the ambitions of this world and following only you was because I did not see anything certain by which I could set my course, but now the day had come, where I stood naked before myself, and my conscience rebuked me. Will you remain silent? Did you not say that for its uncertain truth you did not want to cast off your burden of vanity? Behold, now the truth is certain, and yet your burden is still smothering you. While others with freer soldiers are granted wings, so they did not wear themselves out with questioning, nor have they been for ten years or more meditating on all this. This was gnawing within me, and I felt confounded with horrible shame all the while Pontitionus was speaking, having completed his story and the business he had come for. He went on his way, and I was left by it to myself. What things I now said against myself, with what scourges of judgment did I lash at my soul, so that it would follow me as I walked after you. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I should get a lash and lash myself. 
Jeremiah 799. But my soul drew back and refused to know. It offered no excuse. All arguments were now exhausted and refuted, and there remained only a silent trepidation. And my soul feared, as it feared death, being held back from the very flow of habit through which it was wasting away in death. It's all about the flow of habit. If you could change your flow to a habit of long-term meditation. <laughs> Very flow of habit. 8.19 In this great struggle of my inner self that I had stirred up powerfully against my soul in the chamber of my heart, troubled in mind and continence, I turned to Olypius and exclaimed, What is wrong with us? What is the meaning of all this? Did you hear Pontianus' words? Those humble people with no learning have arisen and stormed the heaven. Uh, I could storm heaven by going to church. Uh, but does a wall constitute, a uh, place of walls constitute uh, religion? Uh, Matthew eleven twelve. With people... With people with no learning, Augustine is referring to the humble converts of Tyre in Pontianus' story. Stormed heaven, while we, with all our learning, but without heart, wallow down below in flesh and blood, should we be ashamed to follow these people because they have gone before us, and should we not rather be ashamed that we are not following them? That is what I more or less said to Olypius, and in my fervor I tore away from him while he stared at me in silence and astonishment. I, I had sounded very strange. Uh, well, that's the same with, with me and him. We both sound very strange. Hmm. So we are compatible, me and Augustine. I had sound very strange. And my forehead, cheeks, eyes, color, and tone of my voice expressed more about my state of mind than the words I was uttering. Our lodgings had a small garden of which we had the use, along with the entire house, since the owner, our host, was not living there. It was to that garden that the tumult of my heart had driven me, where the heart-heated dispute in which I was engaged with myself would be hindered by no one until it ended one way or the other. You knew in which way, but I did not. Does he know which way I'm going, but I do not? You, as in God, knew in which way, but I did not. Hmm. I guess he'll know how I end up, but I do not know. Uh-huh. I only knew that I had embraced insanity to gain sanity, embraced death to gain life. Is that where you have to do a voluntary um, near-death experience? Embrace death to gain life. I knew how ill I was, but did not know how healed I was soon to be. I had rushed out into the garden, and with Olypius following me close at heel, I did not feel my solitude perturbed when he was present, nor could he have left me to myself, distressed as I was. I sat down as far from the house as we could. My spirit was raging. <laughs> Is my spirit raging? Uh, I don't know. 
Uh, that's a young man's thing to rage. John eleven thirty three. My spirit raging indignant with distress fury that I had not entered the pact with which you, my God, had willed, and which all my bones cried out for me to enter, and praise to the skies my bones should be. But crying out, Psalms thirty four ten. My bones cried out, my bones cried out for me to enter. All of my bones cried out for me to enter into my third eye and stay there. And praise to the skies, and we cannot reach it by ship or by cart, nor by foot, though we need not move as far as I had gone from the house to the garden in which we were sitting. For not only going, but arriving was nothing more than waiting, wanting to go. But arriving was nothing more than wanting to go. That's true. But arriving was nothing more than wanting to go. But wanting ardently and entirely, not limping and turning this way and that with a part of one's will that is seeking, but rising, but to rise, battling the part that is clinging to the earth. You have to go to battle, basically, and battle the part that is clinging to the earth when you're in meditation. This part of you is clinging to the earth. So you have to go into deep battle. It's like a battleground in within your astral plane, astral body, and then your causal body. You do battle with the earth. Uh, what? What, dear? What's Davy? What's the matter? ¿Qué pasa? It's not to have to battle. The things should go smoothly. You have to become a smoothly adjusted dead Buddhist. You have to adopt it. You know, become an adaptable dead Buddhist. Yeah, it's not What? I can open it. Is it now open? Ooh. Okay. Wow. Nice. Hey, Kato. He's angry at the cat. The cat's doing battle with me. They've been eating the coals. Huh? Is it cold? Frio? Is it Frio? You have to still do battle with the earth. You can't. Even the battle is to find meditation time is a battle. If you're going to make, be successful, your bones themselves have to cry out for you to enter. Jeez. You can't just be medi mediocrity and milk toasty. You have, can't, you have to have a burning passion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, the cat is, like, angry. The cat is, uh, he wants attention. Pay attention to me. He's rising and battling. The cat is ignored, and you can't ignore the cat, or he'll attack you. It's like people. If you ignore people, they'll attack you. Uh -huh. It's no different than the cat. Okay. <laughs> Uh, 
I told you this would sound very strange, but but uh, Augustine says I had sounded very strange. I knew in which way, but I did not. But you knew in which way, but I did not. Uh, all my bones cried out for me to enter, but nothing was. But writhing was nothing more than wanting to go. <laughs> so wanting to listen to this podcast is the same as arriving in the highest heaven. 8.2, oh. In the fervor of my doubts, I made the movements and gestures that some men want to do but cannot, either because their limbs are missing or they are bounded by shackles impaired by infirmity or impeded in some other way. Uh, I could say, like, I'm impeded in some way, and I can't do this podcast because I'm impeded. It's not convenient. I'm impeded in some other way. When I tore my hair, beat my forehead, and locked my fingers to clasp my knee, I wanted to do these things, and so did them. I just did them. And I might have wanted to do them, yet not have done them, if the mobility in my limbs had not obeyed. So the main thing is to to play a lot of tennis and volleyball, and to make sure that you have the mobility in your limbs. The mobility in my limbs had not obeyed, and I did so much in which my will and my power was not on a par, but I did not do the one thing I wished to do more than anything else, and would have been able to do the instant I had wanted to do it, providing that I really and truly wanted it. For in this, both the ability to do and the will to do were on a par, and yet I did not do it. My body obeyed with greater ease the slightest will of my mind, making its limbs move at a whim. And then my, then my mind obeyed itself when the one thing it truly willed could only be accomplished by will alone. The will as reason, like Schopenhauer, maybe Nietzsche, the power, power to will. See, after they, Nietzsche declared God dead, he just said the will to power was adopted by people like Hitler and Stalin, but that's not correct. God is not dead. That was a mistake. Socialism and communism are a mistake. 9.21 how could something so aberrant come about? <clears throat> what was its cause? Uh, let your mercy shine on me, that I may ask whether the answer might lie in the hidden punishment of man and the darkest contrition of the sons of Adam. How could something so aberrant come about? What was its cause? The mind <clears throat> commands the body, and it obeys immediately. It immediately obeys, and yet the mind commands itself and is resisted. The mind commands the hand to move, and there is such readiness that one can barely distinguish the command from the compliance. Yet the mind is the mind, and the hand is the body. That's why I say <clears throat> in the tennis court, I say, don't use the mind. Use your hand. And they, like, think that they're going to spin the ball, like, over in this corner. And they, 
then they just miss the court because they use their mind instead of the body. The mind commands the mind to will a thing, and though it is commanding itself, it does not comply. How could something so aberrant come about? What was its cause? I say that the mind commands itself to will and would not command itself to do so unless it willed, and yet it does not do so. What it commands, it is because it does not will it entirely, and so does not command it entirely, for it commands to the extent that it wants a thing, and does not do what it commands to the extent that it does not want it. Since the will is commanding itself to be a will, so that there is a will commanding not another but itself, but it does not command entirely, therefore it commands... It's not done. It's just not done. You can think it. It's not done. You can think all idealized about it all you want. But it's not done. You have to do it. Commands is not done. Or if the will were entire, it would not command itself to be because it would entire already be. It is therefore not an aberrance, partly not to will, and partly to will, but the infirmity of the mind, that it cannot entirely prevail, even when supported by truth. You can, since it is weighted down by habit, in other words, you can know the truth, let's say. You can know the teachings of the Master absolutely as truth. Let's say you know it absolutely, and still you're weighted down by habit. So you got to change your habits, basically. You can know all you want, but if you don't practice and change your habits, since it is weighted down by habit, and therefore there are two wills, since one of them is not entire, what is present in one is absent in the other. You should be using your causal mind and not the physical body's mind or the astral body's mind. You don't use that. God. Jeez. 10.22. Let them perish from their presence. God the way. Let them perish from your presence. Is that like an, a poem of annihilation? Psalm 67.3. Let them perish from your presence. God, the way the vain Manichaean talkers and seducers of the mind perish, who in observing that there are two wills, when we deliberate, affirm that there are also two minds within us that have two natures, one good, the other evil. Hmm. Yeah, that's a problem, a part of the mind. <laughs> But it is they who are evil when they hold such evil tenets, so they can become good if they behold the true tenets and ascend to the truth. That's what your apostle was said to them, quote, You were once darkness, but now light in the Lord. That's why you have to keep listening to the satsang of the Master, because uh, you have to forcibly brainwash yourself to know the truth, because you keep forgetting it all the time. Ephesians 5, 8. Uh -huh. But it is they who are evil when they hold such evil tenets, so they can become good if they behold the true tenets, and it's as to the truth so that your disciple may say to them, They were once darkness, but now light in the Lord. They do not want to be light, yet not in the Lord, but in themselves, imagining the nature of the soul to be what God is, thus turning themselves into 
and even denser darkness than receding further from you in their excrete, execratable uh, arrogance. Execrate, ex, execratable, e, e, x, e, c, r, a, b, l, e, arrogance from you, the true light that illuminates every man coming into this world. Yeah, his arrogance and the way he reads his podcast is like horrible. John 1, 9. He's so arrogant the way you read it. Like you, as if you knew it. Huh, so arrogant. Take heed what you say and blush. I should be careful what I say. Draw near unto him and be illuminated and your faces will not blush. If we draw near, we don't have to blush. Psalms 33.6 When I was deliberating about serving the Lord my God, as had been my purpose for a long time, it was I who willed, and I who did not will, and it was I. I neither willed it entirely, nor did I not will it entirely. See, that's like to be and not to be. Was I to be or not to be? Which was why I was in dispute with myself and scattering myself, and this destruction befell me against my will, yet it did not bespeak the presence of the nature of another mind. Just have no mind, the, Bo the Buddhists and Buddhists will say, a Manichaean doctrine maintained. But the punishment of my own, nor was it I who had thrust it, but the sin that dwelt in me. The punishment of a sin more freely committed since I was a son of Adam. We're, we're the sons of two original. Science say that we're, there's just one. All people came from two, one man and one woman. Ha, ha, ha. Romans 7, 17. 10.23 If there were as many contrary natures as there are wills that resist themselves, there would be not only two, but many. If a man were to deliberate whether he should go to the con conventicle of the Manichaeans or to a spectacle. It's <laughs> a long, goes on. A spectacle, the Manichaeans would cry out, Behold, here are two natures, one good that is leading him to our convent conventicle, and one bad that is leading him away. What other reason can there be for this hesitation between conflicting wills? Do you have a conflict ever? Conflicting wills? But I say that both are bad. Ha ha ha. See, a Zen Buddhist will say both good will and bad will are both bad, just don't have anything. But I say that both are bad, the one that leads the man to them, oh, as well as the one that leads him away. Maybe. What? Yeah? What? Donde consigo mal de esto? Donde consigo mal de esto? Yeah. Oh. Macho. Macho? Macho. Macho, yeah. macho. Pero de esta, de esta, mo. Not just good enough. Venga, and the Jews. Hugo. You Michael Acha and Hugo? Manichaeans, however, believe that the will that leads them can only be good. That what then is one of us Christians? What is what then if one of us Christians were deliberating, wavering as his two wills dispute whether he should go to a spectacle or go to church? Or to our church. Should I go to a spectacle? 
Should I go play tennis or go to church? Would not the Manichaeans also waver in their answer? For either despite themselves, they will grant that the will that is leading to our church is good, since it leads to those who are steeped in his holy mysteries and are bound by them, and they must deem that two evil natures and two evil minds are conflicting it within one mind and man, and that what they usually say, though, that one good will is good, the other evil is not true. Or they must be converted to the truth and not deny that when a man deliberates, he has a single soul. Are you being torn between opposite wills? <laughs> That's the single soul that is being torn between opposite wills. Since St. Bach would get along with St. Augustine, we didn't just play the Bachfest music from WKCR during the uh, podcast. No problemo. Okay. Oh. So to continue with Book uh, 8, 10.24, we say, So when the Medicaeans perceive two conflicting wills within one man... They must stop asserting that the conflict is between two opposing minds that are two opposing substances and two opposing principles, one good, the other bad. You, O oh true God, disapprove of them and refute and convince them. There is the case when both wells are bad, such as when someone is deliberating whether he should kill a man by poison or by the sword. Whether he should seize one's estate belonging to another or a different one, if he cannot seize both. Or whether he should purchase voluptuous pleasure and hoard his money in avarice. Whether he should go to the circus arena or to the spectacles, or if both are showing on the same day. <laughs> we have religious stuff in the background of the show. Modern Christianity as opposed to ancient Christianity. We can uh, sort of share the two. Mm. Mm. I had a third possibility of robbing another's house if one has the opportunity, or fourthly, committing adultery if likewise the opportunity should arise. If all these possibilities concur at the same instance and are all equally desired, though they, they cannot all be carried out. It's the mind's job to decide to execute materialistic things. We'll split the mind into four conflicting wills and even more considering the vast majority of what man covets. But not even the Manichaeans assert that there are so many different substances. This also holds for wills that are good. Or should I ask the Medicaeans if it is good to delight in reading the Apostle, or if it is good to delight in the sober psalm, or if it is good to discourse on the Gospel? They will answer, it is good. <laughs> like if you ask me uh, if the Buddhist stuff is good, and I say, it's good. If they say the Islam and the Quran is good, and I say, it is good. <laughs> if, you wanna, if you ask me about anything, and I'll say, it is good. <laughs> 
What if all these activities give equal pleasure and all occur at the same time? Will not the opposing wills tear at a man's heart while he weighs which he would rather choose? And yet, we have a lot of choices here. You can choose to go to the Spanish church or listen to Bach. You can listen to Bach on WKCR. And yet, these wills are all good, though they dispute one another until one is chosen, which must then be born by an entire will, which before has been split into many. This is also true when eternity delights us and draws us upward through the while the pleasure of the temporal good is keeping us down below. It is the same soul that wills both one thing and the other, but not an, with an entire will. How do I get my entire will to do something? And so is torn with grievous vexation, truth leading it to prefer eternity, while habit will not let it relinquish the temporal. <laughs> You can choose between a Spanish homily and Bach. So, you're a good choice. Mm -hmm. 11.25. There was a tormented I was. This was how ill and tormented I was, accusing myself more bitterly than ever, twisting and wrenching to break free of my chains that were easing, but still held me fast. <laughs> Can you break free just in your mind? <laughs> and you, Lord, penetrated my depth, tightened depths with severe mercy, redoubling the lashes of fear and shame, lest I should succumb and not break the last frail fetters. That remained. I guess this is sort of about my breaking the last frail fretters that remain, allowing them to grow strong once more and bind me all the tighter. And I said to myself deep inside, Act now. Act now. The time to act is now. Okay. Was a Kerbal said, meditate right now, not this afternoon. <laughs> act now, the time is to act now. In my words, I was already resolved. I almost acted, but did not. However, I did fall back into my former state, but I kept close and recovered my breath. I tried once more and came even closer and closer. I could almost touch it and almost take hold of it, and yet I could not reach it, neither touching nor taking hold of it, hesitating to die to death and to live to life. Oh. Greater was the sway of the evil to which I was accustomed than the goodness to which I was accustomed. The more the moment neared in which I was, to become another man, the more I was struck by horror, yet horror did not strike a decisive blow, nor did it turn me away, but held me suspended. Eleven point two six. I was being held in check by vain trifles. <laughs> hmm. 
I have to wonder if I have any vain trifles. Vain trifles and trifling vanish, vanities, trifling vanities. My long-standing paramours. Uh -huh. Are my long-standing paramours tearing at my garment of flesh and whispering, Will you send us away from that moment on? We shall never again be with you from that moment on. You will never again be allowed this or that. My long-standing paramours. <laughs> my long-standing paramours were tearing at my garment of flesh and whispering, quote, Will you send us away? From that moment on, we shall never again be with you. From that moment on, you will never again be allowed this or that. And what they meant is this and that. What were they suggesting, my God? What your mercy repulsed from your servant's soul, what filth they were proposing, what infamy. Now I less than half heard them, and they did not dare come out to contradict me openly, but muttered as if behind my back, looking at me almost furtively, so I could turn and look, but they managed to hold me back, delay me from tearing myself away and shaking myself free from them and making the leap to where I was being summoned. All the force of my habits called out to me, quote, Do you think you can bear being without them? Yeah, can I tear my think? Can I think you can bear yourself being without them? Can I bear? Do you think you can bear being without them? That is your former paramours, or your paramour, or box broadcast, or the radio station, or. Uh, Eleven point two seven. But the force of my habit said this now quite faintly, for in the direction in which I had turned my face, into which I feared to go, countenance had now appeared before me, chest and dignified, serene, cheerful, though without allurements, beckoned me with sincerity to come and not to doubt. Her holy hands reaching out to receive and embrace me with a profusion of honest examples. So many youths and maidens, so many people of every age, so perfect widows, aged virgins. And among them stood countenance herself, not barren but a fertile mother of children. Hmm. Hmm. Psalms 118.85 with joys granted her by you, Lord, her husband, and she smiled, both teasing and encouraged me, as if she were saying, Can you not do what these youths and maidens can? Do you think they managed on their own without the help of the Lord their God? The Lord their God gave me to them. Why do you deceive, desist on your own when you cannot persist? <sighs> Cast yourself upon him, do not be afraid, he will not withdraw and let you fail. Cast yourself upon him without fear, he will receive and will heal you. Truly blessed, for I was also still listening to the whisperings of friv frivolity, and so lingered and delayed, and again it was as if continents were saying, quote, Shut your eye, ears to your impure limbs that are upon the earth, so that they will be mortified.
Colossians 3.5 They speak to you of desire, delights, but not as does the law of the Lord your God. Psalms 118.85 This dispute within my heart was merely myself bathing, battling myself, and Olympias, who was on my side, waited in silence for the end of my unusual agitation. But... <laughs> Well, we're going to end this unusual agitation with the conflicts between uh, different things to do. Mm -hmm. Between Bach and the modern church. Uh, mm -hmm.